I wanted to see if we could all have a group discussion or a deep dive or whatever you want to call it of the great debate, Boeing versus Airbus. Oh, we my go. goodness. Oh, this, this is going to get... Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so I think, I think... Should we start off by going around the room seeing who likes what and we go from there or how do yeah, you guys want to do, do this? You start off. What team are you on? Well... For me, my verdict on the matter depends on who's asking the question because if you're asking me as an av geek, I'll say Boeing, but if you're asking me as a consumer, Airbus. I'm straight up Boeing. I love Airbus. They have some amazing aircraft, but if it's not Boeing, I'm not going. Damn. Oh, he said it. He Sam said it. from Wendover over here. Damn. Okay. I am similar camp to Ross. The difference being I have multiple perspectives that I look at it from. All of those perspectives veer me in the direction of Airbus. Consumers, aircraft, the way the company is run, everything. Airbus is just a far tighter ship. I appreciate that. I'm Airbus on every single metric possible. So honestly. this is three to one is what you're telling me right oh, now. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I do have a split view on it. Look, we're not going to Boeing bash is what we're saying. Can I, can I just say, Christos? Entirely. Can I just say, yeah. Boeing had an absolutely fantastic year last year. I mean, the 787, it came back. It came it's, back. it's been taken off now. As of literally recording this, like two hours yeah, ago. Yeah, two hours ago. Yeah, Boeing have... Halted production, production or halted halted deliveries of the seven eight seven. Sorry, should I say? Um, but in twenty twenty two, they brought it back after a year of halting production and deliveries. They had a fantastic Farnborough Air Show where Delta, who were looking like they were going full Airbus with their future fleet, ordered a hundred seven three seven Max tens, and Max obviously, tens. yeah, Max tens, yeah. Yeah, Christos just got up out of his seat. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Max 10s. Max impressive. Yeah. yeah. Very impressive. Max 10s. They're not yet certified, but... They will be. They will be soon, actually, soon. because um, Congress is actually... Um, is it because of the MCAS issue now? No, it isn't, no. So what Congress have done, Congress came out in 2019 and said that Boeing need to put this system called ECAS into their cockpits. But last year they came out and they basically said to Boeing, you don't need to do that no more, which... Saving time and money. Yeah. So that basically brings the certification of Max 7 and Max 10. Sorry to change the topic. That reminds you of the Melbourne Airport runway widening project where they had to widen it solely for the purpose of the A380. Yeah. Only for them to change the regulations at 45 metres is enough. In <laughs> Uh, it's brilliant. I love it. It's like the, the the most expensive prank ever played. Psych! You just did that for nothing <laughs> with the runway widening. But no, um, Boeing was having a very good year in 2022. You know, They've even even right up until the Airbus-Qatar dispute ended, right up until then, it was looking like, yeah, Qatar was all like, if it ain't Boeing, we ain't going. You know, it was looking fantastic on that front as well. The future... Of uh, their fleet. Yeah. And then I mean, suddenly, Qatar was literally like, if it ain't Boeing, we ain't going. Yeah. Because what, what other option did they have? Exactly. And then suddenly they decided to shake hands on it and make yeah. peace. And then suddenly Boeing were like, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Because <laughs> <laughs> straight downhill from there, I mean, didn't the share price drop from that news as well? I'm pretty sure. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I mean, Boeing got a 200 aircraft order 
from United Airlines, so 100 Dreamliners and 100 Max Aircraft. They haven't decided what variants of them they want yet. They can pick and choose, United can. So we'll wait and see. They're awaiting Dreamliner Dash 10 deliveries, though. Look, so the only thing I can really admit defeat to, well, I can admit defeat to more, but the A320neos have absolutely dominated the market against the Max 8s, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. It is unfortunate what happened with the Max 8. Boeing does have a dark cloud over their heads now, unfortunately, but they've rectified the issue, and I can confidently say to everyone that you shouldn't feel worried about going on a Max. Try it out. Sure do, you think, do you think the sentiment is too little too late in Boeing's court, or do you think... Uh, look, it, sh- it shouldn't have happened to begin with. You know what I mean? Uh, for those of you that don't know, MCAS was introduced into the Max 8 aircraft in order to help with the pitch of the aircraft. And unfortunately, as a result of implementing that system, two aircraft had two fatal accidents. So unfortunately, from there, all the aircraft were grounded until the system was fixed, which it has been now. Can I just say as well that MCAS... It wasn't told to pilots at all. No, it wasn't. It wasn't told to pilots at all because Boeing wanted to get this aircraft out quickly and they didn't want airlines to have to pay extra in training, which they would have had done with the MCAS system in place. So that is Boeing putting profits over safety. That that was the huge driver of that was American Airlines, right? They they were like, front and centre, we will give you so much money if you make the effort that we have to put in as minimal as possible. I didn't know American Airlines were, were yeah, part of Yeah, I that. mean, that was in the documentary as well about it. That they were... The like, case against Boeing on Netflix. Check it out so you guys can all... Downfall. Get an idea, downfall. Get an un- That's understanding right. of what happened. But no, look, I agree. The 320 Neo um, or the 320 family in general is just dominant. The whole even at a micro- family. Yeah, even at a microscopic level. The idea that even the undercarriage... Undercarriage. The undercarriage is modular enough that you can have containers to put the bags in and load them with deck loaders as opposed to manual labor of being on your knees and slowly rolling in bag after bag. I mean, mate, there's huge, there is just huge advantages to having a modular AKH undercarriage system over causing workplace injuries by having blokes with literal knee pads rolling in bags. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. That that even at that level, Airbus just superior. So would you agree with me if I say Airbus is built for comfort while Boeing is just capitalizing on their brand? Well, I think that's more on airlines how the airlines configure their cabins. No, well the A320 is a wider on the inside and it's also taller. You've got to realise as well that the A320 airframe is significantly younger than the Boeing 737 airframe. I mean, the Boeing 737 airframe, that's about, what, 50 years old now? Yeah, it's, it's coming up at about nine, 1960s, so it's yeah. almost 60 years old. Yeah. And that airframe was highly sought after and highly touted up until the McDonnell Douglas merger, which we all know what happened to Boeing after that. But for the people listening that don't know, Nick... What happened after McDonnell Douglas? Well, what happened was... Shook hands with Boeing. What happened was... um, The deal with McDonnell Douglas and Boeing was that Boeing would do all the engineering aspects on the plane and McDonnell Douglas would run the actual company. And what happened was, was McDonnell Douglas, which had a very toxic corporate culture, ran that company. And what we saw was a company that put... I guess, engineering excellence at its forefront shift to putting the shareholders 
So the, the share price at its forefront. So what we saw, right, was we saw a move from headquarters. We saw Boeing move from Seattle to Chicago, and that was to move away from its engineers and closer to the shareholders. We saw the Dreamliner project where the actual aircraft itself and all the manufacturing was done out of house. It was, and you know, the Dreamliner, time after time, it has come many issues. We've seen the aircraft have battery issues. We're seeing structural issues with it at the moment. Wiring issues. Serious issues with just general quality control. The 737 MAX. Although it took Airbus a while to get that fixed as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure when they first started making their aircraft, their fly-by-wire system wasn't perfect. Nor but at the same it, time, at the same time, the, what, were the, what were the root causes of those problems versus Boeing where it was cl- there was clearly a cultural issue in play? There's definitely a cultural issue at play, but that's, that's the thing as well. When people say, oh, what's the safest plane out there or what's the safest airline out there, there's no such thing as the safest airplane out there. It's the one that stays in the hangar. There's a level of safety everyone has to abide by and get to in order to conduct the flight. That's what a lot of airlines do nowadays. But unfortunately, yes, some manufacturers have taken on more, I guess, stock worries over Yeah, cut corners. I mean, that again, the downfall, the case against Boeing, that covers that sort of cultural shift in some detail. And when you talk about safety standards and safety issues being adhered to, I really highly suggest, as we said earlier, Go check that documentary out on Netflix because they go over how Boeing essentially skirted the rules and and avoided a lot of those safety standards through lackluster production. But there is no doubt safety shouldn't always will be the number one priority with air travel. That's right. And I, look, again, that's something that makes Airbus stand out from Boeing is the fact that, I mean, who knows? We could be talking this and then in two, three years' time, it could come out that Air, Airbus have had similar bureaucratic issues. And that half their aircraft of a certain type are considered to be grossly unsafe in some manner. Well, look, the, the 737 has an accident rate, one in, one in 16 million flight hours, whilst the A320 is slightly lower at one in 14 million flight hours. So both airlines, or sorry, both manufacturers great, do have great safety standards, but it's where these cutting corners to make a profit what really puts an imprint on them. Mm. Yeah, that's what Boeing's done. I mean, you know, Airbus has not been perfect. Obviously, the big one that comes to mind is the A350 paint degradation. We've seen that with Qatar. Obviously, that issue has been resolved. But the difference, I guess, with the paint degradation of the A350 is EASA, which is obviously the European um, regulator, has looked at it and said, you know what, it's only a cosmetic issue. It's not structural. Whereas, you know, different airlines had it. So we had Cathay Pacific having issues with the paint. We had Finnair with the paint. Yes. Yeah, but from Qatar's point of view, because they've got a brand to uphold as well. And if they are saying, like, we're, we're, we're all geeks, So we know that uh, because the paint um, degradation is only a cosmetic issue, if we're looking at the common person looking at the, at the Qatar brand, they're going to look at, you know, their paint peeling and realize, oh, they don't take care of their planes. Like... Qatar is more driving on the mindset of what are their consumers going to think of how they represent their airline. So they do have a valid point there. Um, Yes, um, they're perfectly safe to fly because it's just labels cosmetic, but we got to think of the brand that Qatar is trying to uphold as well, especially in the lead up to um, 
to the soccer that was going on there as well. There's a lot good about Qatar that does. The idea that they're consumer-oriented. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the products that they offer to yeah. their passengers. Yeah. The Q-Suite, best business class in the world, undoubtedly. You know, their economy class product, absolutely fantastic. Some of the newest fleets of aircraft in the world. Mm. Like, and a lot of that is, surprise, surprise, Airbus. Uh, I mean, obviously they have a split fleet. They have a split fleet. But I, th- I think overall they take um, good care of their fleet and they're good at like, I don't know, the way they present the airline. I agree. Like just their standards are high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, funnily enough, in some instances, we can't say the same for Boeing, but what other sort of things split Airbus from Boeing in a positive way? Look, I think Boeing has a massive reputation of, you know, if it's not Boeing, I'm not going. They, they have grown and we have grown to love the Boeing brand because of the, their legacy and their history. They have a big legacy. I think they were the, the main first manufacturer. Like if we, if we look at like some of the major milestones in aviation that they've done over the years, like the 707, they, that began the widespread, the, the widespread jet age. The 737, which was first introduced in the 60s, still being manufactured today. Yep. And we've got the 747, an aircraft which was so popular, it is labelled the queen of the skies. No other aircraft manufacturer has been able to get a reputation along the lines of that. So that's... The 747 revolutionised air travel. It was, the, it was the aircraft that brought air travel... To the people, basically. It made air travel accessible to the people because of how many people it could hold on a single aircraft and it allowed the aircraft to fit a slot. It brought down fares. I think mm. it av- like, when it first started flying, it averaged about 30 orders per year. When it first started flying back in 1968, for, for an aircraft back then, that was really big. That's right. John T. Tripp and his merry men of Pan Am yeah. followers... That man. This isn't going to sound good, but they had to demolish a whole forest just to build the 747 factory. Money well spent, I say. Big back then, (laughs) and ever its own factory, and it's still there. It's still still there. there. They're still making stuff in that factory. Unfortunately, not the 737. Sorry, not the 747. Not the 747. They're not making the 747 now. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it again to highlight the fact that you just said that because that's hilarious. (laughs) That was my bad. It brought a tear to my eye. It did. The 707, the 737 and the 747, all of which are legendary aircraft and all of which have a strong piece embedded embedded into the hearts of every av geek out there. You can all agree with me in that. Hey, what about the 757, the 767? The The 757 is a a sports car with an insane two turbine engines on it. The 757, in my opinion, is one of the ugliest aircraft I've seen. It is way too long. It's too much airplane. It's... So is the A340-600. Oh, my gosh. Was, that was literally what I was thinking. That I'm li- A340-600, mate. 500 aircraft. just nice. 600, way too long. No, the 600 is good. It's too long. Is it's good. too much airplane. I don't know about that, Nick. I don't know about that, mate. Aircraft. Give me a 777-200 over 300 EI any day of the week. Oh, God. Come okay, on, so you're like, your plane's short. I don't know what you were referring to in that, but... <laughs> Depends. Define <laughs> but short. Yes, define short. Okay, no. Some planes are designed to be made in the longer variants and other planes are not. So the A350, let's have a look at that. It looks much better in the 1000, A350-1000. Yeah, but you do realise the A350 was designed with the 900 variant in mind. Yes, but the 1000 looks a hell of a lot better. 
I, you agree can agree with, with you. I, do you I agree, agree with me? On I agree that? with yeah. you on See, that. One. Thank you. But the 787 10, eh, it doesn't look too good. I prefer no. the, the 8. Yeah, eight. That's wait, nice. wait, 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 wait. The nine, the nine is the sweet spot. Can I just ask? Nah, the eight yeah, is oh, eight no, is best. Eight actually. is best. Is Ten is the longest variant, right? Yes. That's what QF have. Hey. Oh, they have nines, don't they? Yeah, Q, QF have nines. Yeah. Um, QF okay, have nine. so who has uh, tens? Does anyone have tens that fly into Melbourne Airport? Into Melbourne? Yeah. Singapore? No. No, nah, Singapore no. don't fly the tens. They they fly them into Perth. Okay. So, okay, so, yeah, nine is the sweet Anyone spot. Anyone who thing, wants I think a comprehensive rundown of Singapore Airlines' route network and airline fleet, hit me up <laughs> on our Instagram at Radio Runway Pod. I will give it to you. Would you refund the government that money? Of course you won't. Yes, thank you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> but no, sorry. Throwing it back to the 747 for a second. Back in time, a trip down memory lane. I missed that plane. Ah, uh, get it? <laughs> John T. Trip. Exactly. Ah, Thank you. Someone got it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh a John T. Trip down memory lane. The 747, as you said, Ross, revolutionary for its time. Compare that to any Airbus aircraft release. There is only one that I can think of that, pe- that transformed people's mindsets of, holy moly, this is coming to commercial air travel. Christos. You know exactly what I'm thinking. What aircraft is that? That is correct. See, now this is the great debate. It, it's always been the A380 versus the 747. Now, yes, the A380 is huge. And me, uh, myself, Ross and Nick had the absolute privilege of getting to go and see two of them at Sydney, King Ford Smith. Uh, they were refurbishing them and we had the opportunity to go inside them and check them out. So, yeah, just to see that aircraft up close, you Next look at gen, it and you think... Now. Wow, how does this thing get in the air? And the yeah. fly-by-wire technology is absolutely amazing in the Airbus, but that's the other debate too. Fly-by-wire compared to Boeing's more control over the aircraft. The A380 is a textbook example of Airbus designing an aircraft that is designed for comfort. Like, yeah. So in 2012, I flew on Qantas on an A380 from Melbourne to LAX and then had a connecting flight straight after that from LAX to New York on a 747-400. So so you can actually comment directly on this. Comparing firsthand, literally a two-hour difference between going on one aircraft and the other, and I can say hands down, the A380... From the moment you're taking off down the runway, the acceleration is gradual. Like, you're not... You, it's such a gradual acceleration. It's overall a much smoother flight, definitely much quieter, and on board you have so much more room in um, around the plane. Like, Of course, I sat in the window seat, but there was such a gap between the edge of my seat and the window that... Legroom galore, man. It was, the A380 is designed for comfort. Yeah, man. Having said that, nothing will ever beat being thrown into the back of your seat in a 747 yeah. going toga thrust down the runway. <sighs> like Nothing will ever beat that. Although it's amazing to hear that each A380 engine produces 80,000 pounds of thrust each. That's a beautiful sound. That's like slight roar at the end. Stop talking. Oh, you didn't finish. No, that's the end of it. Oh, that's a stitch-up. Well, I that, have uh, beef chicken. Well, that, my yeah. friends, is a Trent 900, which is one of the engines that you can have fitted onto your Airbus A380, onto one of yours, onto an A380. The other onto your being, A380, Christos. Yeah, yeah. It's, got mine actually, out back. it's actually funny. With the, uh, with the A380 engines as well, they wanted to put 
no reverses on any of the engines. They didn't, no. And then the safety, Iyasa, and then the safety. Yeah, Iyasa, Iyasa, Iyasa said, no, no, no. You are putting at least two on. And <laughs> Airbus said, all right, we'll put two on. They were so confident in their braking system could slow down the aircraft. Yeah. So Iyasa said, no, really? you're at least having two. So only engines uh, two, and three. Three. two and three. Can two I and three have reverses. Have they ever tested it with no reverses to see if it's... I think initially I'm they sure did. they would have. Otherwise, they how would it to. end up in the public? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, because they've got the two thrust reverses on it. I mean, like, that's standard, right? Standard fit. Well, usually any aircraft you see has reverses on every engine. Yeah, right. 774, A340. They all well, the 747 had reverses on all four engines. That's what I mean. Even the A340 on all four engines, there were reverses. And you're telling me the A380 only has two? No, yeah, the A380 yes, on has engine. two. They wanted none. They wanted none. On engines two and three, those are the only engines only that reverse engines. thrust. Because they, bra- they, they, they were so confident in their braking systems. And it also, yeah. you've you got to think from an economical point of view, from fuel savings, it's more weight to the engine. So engines one and four are much lighter than engines two and three on an A380. Well, that's one thing that they all say, isn't it? That commercially, the A380 was not a good investment. For the passenger, though, it was a great investment. The passengers absolutely loved it. Airlines absolutely hated it. Unfortunately, Apart from Emirates, will also be its downfall. That's why we're going to see him be um, retired. In, yeah. Well, not soon, but in the time to come, its own creation will be its retirement. It's just too big. Oh, yeah, it just fell victim to, his own, to yeah. its own design. Like the Concorde. A lot it's of people like, think the Concorde yeah. fell victim to yes. that accident. Exactly. No. Concorde was too expensive to run, and exactly. that accident wasn't even the aircraft's fault. It was a completely separate issue. Unfortunately, that happened. Yeah, it's like your favorite curry shop shutting down, but because the curries take so much money to produce, yeah, and then they sell them at a normal consumer price, and it's just impossible to upkeep. I think and then, of course, you're, you're going to be sad if your man, curry shop shuts down. You are the only man that can make an analogy connecting aircraft and curry. Hey, yeah, maybe, maybe we should please, bring please. Air India back into the podcast. That's right. <laughs> hey, speaking of Air India, that ties into Airbus nicely. Just the announcement the other day about how it's going to create 500 jobs in a factory in Wales producing wings just to fulfil the Airbus order that Air India have placed, which, again, incredible. But it also um, reminds me of the far more widespread nature of Airbus and in term, and their production facilities. You know, they've got production plants in China, the US, uh, France, Wales, clearly, the UK. Germany. That actually Germany. brings up a point I would like to ask. Yeah, sure. Currently now, after... Well, let's see C- if... Currently. Let, currently. <laughs> let's see if the, if, if the new 777X will be certified. But from here on out, what... Who do we think will bring out the next generation, either the Boeing 797 or do we think the Airbus will bring out completely new aircraft? I reckon Airbus, they've got nothing to lose. Oh, oh my. For those of you that don't know, Toulouse is the main manufacturer of Airbus. Main manufacturer? Not main manufacturer, it's where they manufacture the aircraft. Yeah, main manufacturing plant, yeah. Ma- manufacturing plant, yes. Yeah. I want to apologise. <laughs> I'm just going to not talk for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. That was like a dad joke in aviation terms. Oh, it's great though. It's do, you great. Know, do you know what I think? And I'm very outspoken in this. Or maybe I'm not. I think that not the A380 as such, but something like an A380 will make a comeback. It needs to be more efficient. Yes, it does. A380 Neo? Potentially an A380 Neo. Wow. I don't know whether... It's on the cards. Well, A380 900. Really? Is it really on the cards? 
It's not on the cards. It was once on the cards, but there was only one airline that wanted it. Airbus. As, what about Airbus A340 near? Look, when... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a story. Hey, about I'll it. pay to see that. Do you, know, yeah. do you know what killed the Airbus A340? What? ETOPS. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You just want to give a quick A34- explanation of ETOPS? ETOPS is basically, with a twin-engine aircraft, it's how far you can fly across water um, with... Like by having on a single a, engine, on a, yeah. Well, on a single engine, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Uh, being from a base, so basically, ETOPS back in that day was you could fly as far as sixty minutes away from a base on a single engine. That was ETOPS back in the day. But now we've got the A three hundred and fifty, which is three hundred and seventy minute ETOPS rated, which means that an Airbus A three hundred and fifty can fly on a single engine up to 370 minutes away from any airbase. That's incredible. Yeah. And that just goes to show as well, when Qantas had the issue from New Zealand to Sydney and one of the engines failed, a lot yeah, of people yeah, started yeah. panicking and saying, oh my God, they lost an engine. Guys, these aircraft are designed and tested. That's right. An and every pilot goes through rigorous ETOPS training. Very rigorous well. training to ensure that they can get the plane on the ground as safely as possible. There's nothing to worry about. Just exactly right. So there. six hours and 10 minutes is incredible. Insane. though. Yeah. Well, tell me if I'm wrong here, Christos, but the 737-800, which was obviously the aircraft in which that Qantas flight from New Zealand had the engine sort of break. I'm pretty sure that that 737 could have flown the entire distance from Auckland to Melbourne on a single engine and yeah. being good still with ETOPS. Yeah. yeah. The ETOPS on the uh, 737 is about 122, 180 minutes. Does it matter? Does fuel and balance come into it at all? Well, look, the, the issue with ETOPS and running on a single engine is once you're on a single engine, you can't maintain a higher cruising altitude. You would need to descend, so I'm pretty sure the Qantas flight was above 30,000 feet, about 35,000 feet, and they had to descend to 24,000 feet, obviously for performance reasons. But the aircraft was still flying fine. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah ETOPS right. has been designed, once again, to show that these aircraft can safely fly on one engine. And even as a scenario-wise, say both engines failed, for whatever the reason, the aircraft will still glide. Uh, Captain Pichet, Air France, A330, uh, I think it was the Glimly Glider. Oh, no, it was a different flight. But that, that was a 767 that was a 767. Was it Air Canada? I think it was. But, yeah, these aircraft, even an A380, will be able to glide with no engines. Hopefully incredible. it doesn't happen, but they can glide. Pretty amazing technology, the way these aircraft are designed. Yeah, Which, again, is again, sorry to interrupt, Nick. Yeah. It, that, like, speaks to... The fact that despite this debate, both companies have brought out incredible innovations in technology and continue to. Which brings me to the point that we still haven't technically, without making a joke out of it, Ross, uh, answered the question, who is likely to bring out the next innovation in technology in terms of, you know... aircraft variant or an aircraft family. I reckon it'll be the Boeing 797. I think it will be too. I reckon it'll be a, a smaller version of the 7-8, like a 737 or a 767-style 7-8. I th- yeah, it c- I think it could be very much like a uh, a longer-range, slightly wider-bodied version of yeah. the 757. Because Airbus have three brought out three Neos, the A320 Neo, 21 Neo, and 330 Neo. So they've got a lot riding on this aircraft alone, on these series alone, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Or it could be Airbus and it could come from the, um, I guess you call it the sub-company that built, the, well, the uh, subsidiary, I guess, sorry, that built the A220. 
What, Bombardier? Mm. Could come from Bombardier. You well, never know. Well, Airbus brought the C-series. Yeah, they bought... From Bombardier, and they called it the A220 series. That's right. That's so right. So those passionate av geeks out there that knew the A220 by its original name, the Bombardier C-series aircraft... Um, credit to you. Yeah, credit to you, obviously. But Airbus came out and brought the A220. And I want to say but something... Bombardier, did they... Sorry, they still have right of like the right to develop things in-house right it's not like they're not absorbed into airbus fully no bombardier just don't have anything to do with that aircraft no more oh so it's just the aircraft yeah it's the same with the dash 8 so the dash 8 used to be owned and built by bombardier so they effectively the, just the Havilland dash 8 pardon what what was what was the aircraft you just mentioned the dash 8 dash 8 the Havilland dash 8 no, no, no. It's now De Havilland Canada Dash 8. But now it's before, Canada? I didn't know that was now Canada. That was always Canada. Wow, wow. Hav- so you're telling like, me, so you're telling me Bombardier sold the Bombardier. Dash 8. Bombardier. Yeah. Bought the IP for the Dash 8. And it's theirs now. De Havilland bought it. Yeah, De Havilland, De Havilland no, Canada bought it. I did not explain it. that right. Yeah. So that's why, that's why when you look on Flight Radar, right, you see DHC 8. De Havilland Canada 8. That makes sense. All right. The same thing happened with the A220 or the C-Series, whatever you want to call it. What happened was it was the C-Series, the CS-Series, whatever you want to call it, and Airbus brought the name. Well, Airbus brought the actual sort of air, aircraft or whatever you want to call it, and they called it the A220. Is that something that Bombardier just do? They develop aircraft and then sell the IP? No, and there's actually a funny story about that. Bombardier kept trying to sell their C-Series aircraft to Air Canada. They kept saying, no, weren't interested over the years. Airbus gets the rights to the A220. Air Canada, massive order for it. I forgot how many aircraft they own now of the A220 series, but I think it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, and wasn't that in the US, Boeing were not concerned about it at all, and then suddenly Delta, out of nowhere, bang, we'll take some. Yeah. And then Boeing will, like, craft themselves and were like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. But isn't it funny? I just looked up what Nick said. Yeah, on Flight Radar, I'm currently looking at QF2515. They have land... Canada Dash Eight Four Hundred, but we also call it the Q Four Hundred. Yeah, that's the yeah that's that's, that's the actual you, name of the aircraft. What does the Q stand for? Qantas. Nah, it doesn't. I know. I don't know I what know. it stands for, but it's definitely not Qantas. So yeah, obviously, as we've discussed, like Airbus and Boeing both have negative and positive traits. Obviously, Boeing in the latter years has had a lot more faced a lot more adversity than Airbus. But if we had to summarize why we would choose. Airbus over Boeing, Boeing over Airbus. How would we do that, Nick? I want to summarize it as it as it goes. I feel as though through time, Boeing has been revolutionary. Boeing has produced more revolutionary aircraft from the 707, as you were saying, Ross, that brought in the jet age. The 737, the 747, that completely changed the landscape of air travel, whereas Airbus are more evolutionary you know the a380 was built from that 747 it was built from the 747 and it was improved from the 747 so the 747 for those who don't know was actually designed to be a freighter aircraft which is why you'll probably never see an a380 freighter because that was never designed to be a yeah, freighter aircraft. designed for comfort for racehorses <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah, and i think that's why i would put boeing above airbus because of a the legacy they have built so far the revolutionary aircraft they have brought out and what they've done so far, breaking records and having very successful aircraft like the 7.3, like the 7.4, pretty much 
pretty much I feel like Boeing have already established their legacy and Airbus is finding that now with a new revolutionary aircraft. That's actually a very steadfast point. I agree. Boeing has been an aircraft Boeing has been a, um, a company that we've all grown to love with the aircraft that they've produced. So as a navigator, I'm going to say Boeing over Airbus, but if you look at the aircraft for what they are, like compare a 737-800 to an A320 nowadays, take the brands away and look at the aircraft for what they are, what are you left with? You've got one aircraft that is 60-year-old technology, let's face it, and then we're looking at an A320. Um, it's about... It's been around while. since the 80s. Okay, it's been around since the 80s. It's but two decades less. Yeah, two Still, decades two, deca- two decades later, but we're looking at fly-by-wire technology, wider cabins, windows that are actually at your face level when you're looking out the An window. And undercarriage you can walk under when it's parked on the tarmac. I think overall, yeah. air, um, the A320 was an aircraft designed for comfort. So from a consumer's point of view and from the people flying it, from the pilots flying it, I'd say um, Airbus is the more practical version for their consumers. Yeah, I just want to say as well, obviously, we're quite young, you know, yeah. we're about... Not Tom. We're, yeah, not Tom. Okay, Tom Tom's well. an old person, but... I just knew that this was coming. You know what they say? They call me beloved, caring, sensitive, shy and retiring. That last one, retiring? <laughs> that's yeah, that's fair. Retiring. I'm probably at that age nearly. Yeah, sorry. I guess the Boeing that we have known for as long as we've been alive, obviously acquired by McDonnell Douglas in 1998 or 1997. Um, try to figure that one out. I guess we've the Boeing that we've seen is not the Boeing that everyone knew yeah. and loved. And... We've definitely seen it in the past couple of years. We've definitely seen Boeing shift its priorities with profits over safety, 737 MAX. A lot of their projects, pretty much every single project they've got going on at the moment has inherent issues. The 777X has been delayed five years. The 737 MAX, only half of that family are actually certified. And that aircraft obviously had inherent problems with the Lion Air and the Ethiopian accident with MCAS and them choosing not to tell pilots about MCAS. And we've got the 787 uh, family of aircraft, which have had time after time quality control issues. So I guess that's why I'm Team Airbus at the moment, because you look at the aircraft that are coming out of that factory, the Airbus A320neo XLR, that aircraft will revolutionise air travel, not not to the extent of the Boeing 747, I want to say, but the ability to throw an aircraft, a narrow body on longer routes, it'll allow airlines to fly what we call long, thin routes. So perhaps yeah, somewhere from Yeah, but Melbourne, at the expense of comfort to the consumers. Not necessarily. I think the biggest... You'd want to be stuck in, in economy class in JetBlue Transatlantic in the 320. I'll tell you what, that's gone good reviews. I'll probably sign up on that. That's good. Oh, true. I forget we're all lav geeks. <laughs> Anything to go on a plane. Yeah, that's right. Look, I I think you're right. And I think that kind of fits into my summary. And I'm I think I can summarize it in two sentences. Yeah. Twenty years ago, I would absolutely have said that Boeing is where it's at. Yeah. I am a Boeing stan all the way. Yep. That's gonna be a sound bite. Second sentence is current day as it stands right now, Airbus tick every box 
far in advance yeah. of what Boeing do. Yeah. And they can learn from the mistakes that Boeing have made in terms of bureaucracy, hierarchy, shortfalls in development. And I doubt that's going to happen to them. We'll see. Like you said, we're young. That's my summary. Boeing, Boeing, gone. 